Hello, and welcome to the Vlogging Pod. Tonight, we are once again joined by romance author Mel Walker. <laughs> welcome back to the room, Mel. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. I'm so excited to be back. Awesome. We love having you back. We do. Um, so I want to start right off because when I pulled up your information, I noticed that you had sneak peeks. So oh, yeah. I'm as curious as heck. Um, this is for Dr. No. And you did this sneak peeks a little bit prior. And I believe today is the release date for Dr. No. Yes. 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 Just released today. It's been a, a fun filled day. Awesome. Uh, so tell me how tell me how the sneak peeks worked. Um, sure. So what it does is it gives you a look behind the scenes, um, gives you um, access to one of the early chapters. Um, so in this case, I just put up chapter one. Typically, I'll put um, two chapters up. But um, this one, there's a, a big twist that happens in chapter two. So I didn't want to give it away. So it's just right. chapter one. It, it really gives you the, the setting, introduces you to the main character. You start to get a feel for, for the novel. Right. Well, tell me about the format you use for the sneak peek. Is this off your site? Is this software? Tell me about that. Um, sure. So um, I posted up um, on a site called Bing Books. Um, and so it's a platform that um, really supports um, independent authors. Um, it has a lot of the traditional authors on there as well, but um, it's a big supporter of um, indie authors. And um, it allows us to not just, you know, post up there in terms of our upcoming releases, but also um, provides the technology so that we can upload and share um, sneak peeks, uh, early chapters in there. Wonderful. Now, how did you get introduced to uh, Bing or is it Binge? Is it Bing Books? Binge? Uh, binge, binge Book. Yeah, Binge okay, Books. Binge. Um, so mm -hmm. it is uh, run by um, a romance author, um, Alexandra Torre. Um, so she's a huge um, ambassador in the romance field. Um, also a, a very prolific um, and ex excellent writer in her own regard. Um, huge fan. Um, and so she, she built the platform. Um, she organized, built this company, um, and they put this platform out there just because she saw um, a need in the marketplace for the indie authors. Um, there's, you know, other large platforms, you know, the, the big Zon is always out there. But mm -hmm. um, in terms of the uh, power in listening to the needs of indie authors, um, some of the larger platforms um, really deprioritize their concerns. Nice, very nice. So let's start right in. Tell me about Dr. No. Tell me about this book. Oh, sure. So um, Dr. No, it's a um, almost a fish out of water story. So um, you're introduced in chapter one to a neurologist, um, Cynthia Hay Haywood. She's at the top of a field. She's the assistant chair of neurology at a huge metropolitan <clears throat> hospital in Baltimore. Um, and then there's a family tragedy, which brings her to a small town in Rhode Island. Um, and she needs to adjust. Um, so at the start of the story, you know, she's at the top of a field. She thinks she has everything she needs, um, but she soon discovers that's not the case. Um, she's always been focused on her professional achievements um, and working alone. So some of the advice she was given growing up was if you want to get ahead, you need to cut in severe ties and just go 
as fast as you can, as hard as you can, and not get slowed down by others. And that's really how she had led her life up to that point in time. Um, and then she's, you know, transported to the upside down world of Eastport, Rhode Island, where she's now in a small town with a much slower pace, um, a whole big community of people um, and supporters, and a hospital that operates completely different than the one she left. And she right. struggles and has to adjust and learn a few lessons along the way. Nice. So <clears throat> let me put the elephant in the room, okay? <laughs> sure, sure. All right, all right. Male romance author. Tell us why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. I mean, I'm sure there's because you know it is a rare, it is a rare bird, and you say as much in your, um, in your bio that you're this rare bird. So tell me what threw you into this type of career. Um, it's it's very interesting. So I I've learned to embrace the term rare bird. I did not realize I was a rare bird when I entered. Um, so to to your question was. It didn't feel, you know, it didn't feel unique to myself. Um, I've always been a fan of love stories and romance stories um, and have been, you know, writing in that area um, in terms of that type of uh, genre almost my entire life. Um, it's just something that always spoke to me because it's, it's real. It's what we all look for. It's all what we struggle for. And it's all something that, you know, we all have experience in. Um, and so I've always written in that genre. And it wasn't until, you know, I really started publishing and getting out there that I realized how rare it was. And, you know, people always ask me the same question. You ask me why I'm not a romance. <laughs> and and I, my question is always, why aren't there more? I don't understand because it's such a wonderful genre. Um, the readers are, are amazing. Um, the stories, you know, are endless. There's a million ways you can tell a love story, a romance story, just like there's a million songs about it. There's a million ways to paint a portrait about it. It's an endless reservoir. Um, so that that's my, always my, my take on it. Right. So um, knowing what you know now about being the rare bird, how does it make you view what you do? I mean, I know you said there should be more romance authors, but does it make you feel even more unique or does it make you feel that there's more pressure on you to be this great writer? Oh, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> I, I occasionally have them. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I definitely think there should be more. What I, what I try to not do is to put that pressure on myself, although I do feel it at times. Um, I know there's, there's a lot of eyes on male romance writers um, in terms of, especially um, in terms of the, the genre and how we write and how we um, specifically handle female characters. Um, and so I try to take and be very cognizant um, when I'm writing in that space. And I tend to, my preference, and it's always been my preference, is to have strong female leads. Um, and you'll see in the Dr. No, my last book, Doc, Dr. Fix It, in the same series, I generally like to write from the female's point of view um, just because you know there's, there's so many challenges in that space and it's just so interesting you know I'm so glad that you worded it this way because that's a terrific lead-in for my next question <laughs> so 
I'm, I'm looking um, over your shoulder, so. Okay, well, there must be, there must be. So tell me about an anthology that you were a part of uh, called Mrs. Wright. Tell me oh. your part. Tell me your part in it as a male author. Sure. So um, the Mrs. Wright anthology, and that, first of all, I, I love writing in anthologies just because um, I get to work with so many other authors in the community. And, you know, we, we network, we share, and we talk. Um, and I learned so much from them. The Mrs. Wright Anthology is kind of unique because um, it was a collection of authors bringing back some of their favorite characters from other books. Um, and so um, in my case, I brought back the couple from my first small town romance, um, Ryan's Kiss. And in the collection, um, all the couples are now gathering. Um, this is post their Happily Ever After from their independent book. And now they're celebrating their very first Valentine's Day together um, as husband and wife. Um, and so it was, you know, it was timed. It was delivered in the um, February timeframe to, to coincide with Valentine's Day um, itself. And it was such a joy to write, to revisit that couple that meant a lot to me um, because it was like one of my first big books um, out there. And it's book, book one in my small town romance series, um, Lake Hope. Um, and so working with the other authors, they all went through similar experiences of, you know, going back and revisiting some of their favorite couples and then seeing, you know, what, how they've developed um, from the time they've had to happily ever after, whether it was an engagement or a wedding. Um, and now they're celebrating that first Valentine's day together. Um, it was really, really special. Nice. So I have a big question. Um, sure. <laughs> you said that you, you like to write in the woman's voice. Tell me why that is. What is the draw for you to take that, on sure. the main character as the woman? Um, I, I, I've always been drawn to the complexity and mm -hmm. the challenges um, women face. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I grew up in a household, you're going to laugh at this, um, that I had seven brothers. So it was eight, eight, six brothers, eight of us all together, seven boys, one girl. Um, but my mom dominated the house. Um, and it was same throughout my family. Um, my aunts dominate, you know, their, their households, regardless of the, the male presence in each house. And so I've always been interested in terms of watching, you know, some of the challenges my mom went through, some of the challenges my sister goes through, um, my cousins go through. And, um, I'm African-American and some of the special challenges that African-American women face, um, especially mm -hmm. in corporate America, um, oh, and yeah. just how they navigate it with such style, such grace, um, and how, you know, underneath all that class, the big struggle and all the challenges they face day to day um, is just something I, I've always admired. And I, I try to give sneak peeks of that in my characters. Um, because the, the depth and complexity of the characters, I think, are very, very interesting. Um, not saying that the men aren't interesting, but I mm -hmm. just find the, the way women navigate so many challenges and how they have so many competing challenges in their lives, you know, in terms of, you know, not just for themselves, but for their families and for others, they're always sacrificing. Um, I've always found that compelling. So would you say that that is probably one of the biggest reasons that you're so successful? Not that you're not a good writer, because you are, but because you shine such a bright light onto women and their struggles, especially African-American women and Black women, all, not just in our country, but across the globe. 
Um, I yeah, I've, I've learned to discover that that's part of it. It was never my intent <laughs> in terms of that being part of it. Um, right. I, I've I've always just you know followed my instincts in my heart, and um, people have really you know gravitated towards some of these. Thankfully, um, in terms of you know the stories I tell and the characters I create, so I feel very honored um, when that happens. But um, I, I you know I still try to just follow my instinct and not think you know this is what I, why I'm doing this and any of the, the post-release stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I try to just build the best story I can at the time I'm writing it. Right. Well, I think you do a wonderful job. I'll just say that. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. So when you get stuck, because, uh, I mean, come on, elephant in the room, you are a male. So when you get mm -hmm. stuck, <laughs> who do you go to to get that woman's insight into your books? Who do you turn to first? Um, first is to, to my wife. Um, mm -hmm. and it's, it's interesting because, um, she's, a, she's an avid reader, but she doesn't read romance. Um, she, <laughs> sorry. She loves, yeah, no, no, I know. <laughs> she, she loves nonfiction. She loves, um, historical nonfiction in particular. Um, mm -hmm. but she's an avid reader. Um, and in terms of, you know, understanding perspectives and stuff, I, I bounce things off of her. Um, just because mm -hmm. one, she's not one that she's not a romance reader, so her perspective usually is um, slightly different. Um, but outside of her, I'll talk to you know my sister, my cousins, etc., um, even even coworkers, just to get their perspective in terms of you know depending on the character. If I, I think it's something that resonates with them, um, I'll ask their, their opinion of it as well. Nice. So. Um... Before I'm, I have another question, but I'm gonna I'm gonna jump over that one sure. and go to this one. Um, Kiss you back. It's coming out March 23rd. Tell us a little bit about this book. Ah, so Kiss you back is um, it's a 10 year high school reunion novel. Um, um, it's it's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so so one of my favorite um, subgenres um, in romance is second chance. Um, mm -hmm. And you, if you look through my backlist, there's a lot of second chance romances there. Um, and it, it speaks back to me in terms of, you know, when I was in school, when I was in high school, et cetera, and I was young, I always saw myself as the nerd. Um, and so many times, and I think this is an experience a lot of people can relate to, um, there are things that happen in your life, moments that pass by, and you go, wow, if I could do it second if I can go back in time, I would have said this or I would have done this. Um, mm. And that's why I love writing second chances um, because it gives you a chance to look back retrospectively and try to correct something that you, you didn't have the opportunity to do the right the first time. Um, right. And so in this book, Kiss You Back, it's the ultimate second chance. Um, it's a 10 year high school reunion. And so um, the, the two main characters there, um, they, Elijah and Kennedy, um, they did not connect in high school. They were good friends, but Elijah was the nerd and he never had enough belief in himself to actually step toward Kennedy, who was the head cheerleader. And, you know, she had this glamorous profile and popularity in high school and he never had the um, audacity to actually step to her and tell her how he actually felt. Um, and now it's 10 years later. And he now has an opportunity to, to do that because now he's become a different person. Um, but plot twist, so has she. Um, ah, so I, <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. You could still be in yeah. love with someone, but they might not be 
the same person yep. that you remember. Yes, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. So. Uh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, now, this kiss you back. Is this within a series? Tell me, is it within the series or something? Yep. So it's it's book one in a brand new series, um, the okay. Spring Hills Ten Year High School Reunion series. So um, nice. Uh, I. I kind of thought so that was where this was going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, they're not the only ones that needed a second chance. So there's, there's going to be several um, people and several stories coming through this series um, right now and plotting out through the next two years, um, the, the rest of the series. But, um, yeah, there, it's I'm having so much fun writing it. Oh, I can imagine. I, To me, I think that would be very... Um, what something would, would people would want to reach for. Because like you said, the second chances, that is a nice approach to it. So I want to jump back just for a second. Um, sure. Doctors of Eastport General Series. Tell me, tell me why you decided to follow doctors in, in romance. Tell me what, what the draw was for you. Um, sure. So it's um, medical romances. And so in that series, um, there, there's a author... S.L. Sterling, she, she organized the, the actual overall series. Um, and so last year, there were 13 books in the series. Um, they're all interconnected um, in the same, what they call shared, shared universe. So um, it was 13 doctors all at the same hospital. That's the Eastport General Hospital um, where it all takes place. And so last year I wrote Dr. Fix-It in that world. And then Dr. No is the new release in season two. So as of end of next week, once all of the um, doctors are released for this season, there'll be 26 books overall in that series. Um, wow. And it, yeah, and in terms of doctors, um, it's very interesting because, you know, they're, uh, when you look at doctors, you think of authority, you think there are people that, you know, I called it Dr. No on purpose, people that know everything that have their act together. And um, they're, they're not. They're individuals just like you and I. And right. they have their doubts. They have their struggles. Um, and there's lots for them to learn as well. Nice. So since we're still relatively in the new year, I know you've mentioned that you're going to do your second chance series, your Spring Hills mm -hmm. reunions. So tell me what else is coming for you this 2023. Oh, let's see. <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's going to be a busy year. So um, I'm also in another series, um, Summers in Seaport, in Seaside. Um, so it's a small town in Oregon. Um, so last year, we those um, interconnected stories in the same town. Um, last year, I released Summer Sounds in that series, which was a musical-based um, romance. Um, and so I'm revisiting that same town. We're going back this year. Um, and I have a, a novel coming out, Summer Nights, um, where we return to Seaport, Seaside, Oregon. Um, and that's season two. That's coming out in August. Nice. That is um, a lot. <laughs> yes. Um, I've also, we're going to keep going. So. Okay. Keep going. Also, yeah. <laughs> also um, I'm writing in a um, anthology um, series, um, Color Theory. This is um, Color Theory Season 3. Um, so it's a series of um, shorts, um, novellas. Um, I forget how many authors in it. I think there's over 20 authors in this collection. Um, and they're interracial um, romances. So um, that one's coming out also in August. 
Um, and then also in August, August is going to be very busy for me. Um, I'm writing in uh, what's called the Vagabond series. It's a travel romance um, series. They, this is season two. Last year, they released, I think, 10 books in that series. Um, and there's a dozen authors coming back this year. This will be my first time writing in the series. Um, and so I'm writing a travel romance, and mine is going to be set in Singapore. Um, oh. And I'm excited to, to, to share that with everyone. Um, so lots, lots to come this year. Nice. It sounds like it. I want to thank you so much, Mel, for coming back um, to the show. It was a genuine pleasure. You are always a delight to speak with. So thank you so much for coming back. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I, I really enjoy <laughs> really enjoyed being here. <laughs> Wonderful. You'll have to come back yet again because you've got lots coming this next year. So we'd love to have you back. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, I'd like to take just a, a moment to make a personal thank you. To all my listeners, um, and I'm going to try to do this without any tears, your sympathy, and most importantly, your empathy directed at me since my uh, father's passing has been very much appreciated. I haven't reached a point where I'm openly ready to talk about the last few months ordeal, but nonetheless, your condolences were heard. So thank you so very much. Until next time, bye-bye for now.